this week's edition of the Pete Mazzetti Show. I'm Pete Mazzetti. My guest this evening is Fran Rabinowitz, who's the executive director of the Connecticut Superintendents Association. Fran, welcome. How are you? I'm fine, Pete, and I'm happy to be here. Well, thanks for coming down. Thanks for coming down. Fran, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you became executive director of CAPS. So, um, I've had a long career okay, in well, education. Well, let's start there. Okay. <laughs> um, I started as a elementary teacher in Bridgeport, um, and I spent the greatest part of my career in Bridgeport mm -hmm. as a teacher. Um, I was, when the mastery test first came in, I was in charge of all of the testing for the district from packing the boxes to doing all the analyses. Oh boy. Um, I was in charge of teaching and learning for a while and um, then left, went to the State Department, worked with Betty Sternberg as Associate Commissioner. Okay. And then I decided that I wanted to um, get back in the field and be um, a superintendent, so I applied to Hamden. I was superintendent there for seven years. Okay. I went back to Bridgeport as interim superintendent for three years, and then decided to retire to take care of my grandson, who was three months old at the time. Okay. And I did that for a few months, and I was approached about this job at um, CAPS, mm -hmm. Connecticut Association of Public School Superintendents, and they said, you know, we really think you ought to apply for this. Well, you have to know, Pete, there's never been a woman in the CAPS um, executive director position. Really? And CAPS is about 100 years old. And so I applied, um, was very excited about the type of work that it would be. Yes. Um, but I never thought I got would get the position. Okay. And I did. Nice. So I will have been there five years in July. Okay. Obviously, you like it. Yes, I do. And you guys, I love it, actually. And you guys work with all of the superintendents all across the state of Connecticut. Yes. Yes. 169 towns. 169 towns. And I. Um, it's so interesting because when I first got there, I didn't really know where some of the towns were even, you know, <laughs> in the eastern part of the western part. Right. And it's so interesting how much you learn. I think I know um, all of the superintendents now, especially with COVID. Oh, yeah. I was on all of their area calls <laughs> every week. And um, I've, I, it's wonderful to have a real broad um, look at the state. Absolutely. As a matter of fact, you and I have a mutual friend in Bob Rader. Oh, Bob Rader's. Oh, Bob's one of the best. Yes, uh, wonderful man. Um, I've known Bob for many, many years. Oh, I yeah. first met him as when I was associate com commissioner, and um, he certainly has led the boards of education mm -hmm. in the state for a very long time. And. Um, I know he's going to retire this yes, year, yeah. but um, I can tell you, Pete, um, Bob may retire from this, but he's going to be active. He's not going to. He's, he's not, not going to retire. He's not going to retire. He's not going to. No. He's not going to sit down and no. say, "What am I going to do now?" No, he is not. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure he has a plan. He's oh, very passionate about many things, and yeah. I'm sure he'll pursue them. Yeah, he's a he's a really nice guy. Yeah, yeah. I have a, he's, yep. he's come on with me a bunch of times. He's always very 
hospital hospital one very nice now friend let me ask you this as far as how did you guys with caps handle the pandemic in the beginning to where we are now i'm sure you're happy everybody's back in school i'm thrilled that everybody's <laughs> back in school i'm thrilled i mean that was that was yeah. the most wonderful day and i would say to you that in the beginning, Pete, yeah. I remember getting a call from a superintendent. I believe it was a superintendent in West Hartford okay. who told me, I'm going to close schools, um, you know, because of the pandemic coming forward. And I think he was the first district out of the gate. And I was very taken back because I thought we were going to get this under control. Right. And... I said, oh my goodness, and then all of a sudden, um, we were all closed within a few days. Yeah. And um, it, it's been an incredible um, learning experience for all of us, Pete. Yeah. And I'm really proud of many of, many of the accomplishments during the um, pandemic, yeah. um, in spite of what we were faced with absolutely absolutely and i'm sure you know as well as i do zoom meetings are no fun oh no no <laughs> uh -uh. zoom meetings are you know i remember a time during the pandemic honestly pete of being on zoom for 12 14 hours a day oh yeah um it was it was that crazy i'm still on zoom by yeah, the way oh, absolutely you know because People have found, like for committees and mm -hmm. that type of thing, that it's more efficient. Yeah, absolutely. You know, they don't have to travel. Nope. You can get a lot done. Absolutely. Um, I, I still, I, I see a place for it, but I also see a place for in-person meetings because right. you can read body language oh, yeah. and um, expressions, et cetera. Absolutely. Now, as far as moving forward, from the pandemic, where are we going? Well, I think that I think that what we want to be sure of is that we don't leave behind what we've learned. Um, and when I say that, I'm not a fan of complete remote learning. Right. I'm really not. Um, I think that it, it there's nothing that comes close to an effective teacher and a child right. relationship. Absolutely. But I think there are possibilities for it. Mm -hmm. For example, um, I have a teacher that can teach Mongolian. You have a teacher that can teach um, Japanese. Right. We can bring those teachers together mm -hmm. and and work. Um, and students from my district can come to your district right. and learn those languages. Also. When I was in Bridgeport, honestly, in, for a couple of my years, I could not get an advanced physics teacher. They're just, they would just weren't available. Really? But I would have loved, loved to have been able to um, set my kids up with um, uh, kids in Fairfield. Exactly, exactly. And like, like, you, like you just said, remote learning as compared to in-classroom learning, you can probably learn a lot more in the classroom with the student teaching rather than you can, because I'm sure, on, on Zoom, I'm sure 
if you're an educator and you're teaching a class to resume, it's a lot harder than it looks. It is incredibly difficult. And I am very, I'm proud of what the educators were able to do. And some, I mean, I didn't teach during the pandemic. No. I had Zoom. Right. But I observed yeah. many of these teachers and what they learned very, very quickly, Pete. They learned so quickly um, how to how to transition, how to break into small groups, how to yeah. be aware of whether the child is engaged. They did amazing work. Yeah. Now, I'm sure, I'm sure that they were, had to make sure that the child was engaged and not just sitting there with their cameras, paying attention, but doing. Well, some of it was really hard yeah. because some of, I know I talked to a lot of teachers with the high school people, mm -hmm. the high school teachers, yeah. and they would say, um, you know, the child was on mute and the camera was off. Yeah, right. Is the child there or not there? Exactly. Do you know what I mean? When you, when you called on them, they didn't answer or whatever, so it was tough. Yeah, no, and that's fine. By the way, hmm. I didn't mean, I meant to say Mandarin. Your district might have Mandarin. That's fine. That's okay. it. Okay. Okay. Mandarin. Mandarin. Mandarin, yes. All right. Yes. And as far as the in-person learning is compared to Zoom learning? So listen, I think there's a place for, like I said, there's a place for remote learning um, in our classrooms today. Um, you know, I think there's, there's ways that we can um, use teachers right. in a remote way, but nothing takes the place of a class of kids in front of you no. with an effective teacher where the kids can um, interact yep. And education is so much more than just delivering content. Absolutely. Do you know what I mean? It's growing the whole child. Right. It's doing the social emotional learning with the child. Right. It's the child learning from the the child that sits next to him or her. Exactly. That's uh, all of that is part of the culture of a classroom, which is second to none. Absolutely. Now, as far as CAPS, we didn't talk about this during, during my opening, we probably should have. What exactly do you guys do as far as outreach and some of the programs that you guys offer? So, lots of people um, ask that. It's, um, we have 169 superintendents okay. um, throughout the state. 167 belong to CAPS. It's, um, they can, it, you know, it's not a mandate, nope. but they choose to belong. Right. I think they see um, the value. Right. Um, we do a lot of work in terms of advocacy um, for kids. When, you know, when the legislature is meeting, um, we weigh in on all of the bills, uh, right. spend a lot of time um, testifying. Mm -hmm. um, I work very, very, very closely with the commissioner um, at the State Department of Ed and work with her in terms of um, where she may want to move on curriculum okay. or um, um, programs, etc. I also um, do a lot of independent supportive superintendents um, uh -huh. and I watch very carefully what's going on in districts between superintendents and boards oh. and you know, try to intervene if I can, mm -hmm. if there are issues. But 
I would say, by and large, our main and primary focus is um, what's good for kids in Connecticut and how can we advocate for that? Absolutely. And actually, you and I, besides Bob Rader, you and I have another mutual friend in Jan Peruccio. Oh, who's the old super Jen's one of my favorite superintendents. Absolutely. And she's on my executive board. Oh, is she? Okay. She is, um, uh, she's just, she's, first of all, she's just a solidly oh, absolutely. wonderful person. Oh, yeah. But she's an excellent leader. And you know what? Hmm. You know what Jan does? Um, um, one of the best I've seen is she involves her team. Her teachers love her because yeah. she brings them in and and really, you know, really listens to their perspective, their yeah. point of view. Yeah, I saw she she was here she was here not long ago, and I talked to her. I talked to her recently, and she's like, "I want to come on again." Okay, I can do that. She's always very she's welcoming with me, and anytime I call her, I'll like if I have a question or I, I see something in one of the local papers about the board of education. I'll shoot her an email. She'll either get back to me or she'll say, "Hey, call me. I can explain in more detail." Because if you're not if you're not understanding because it's something hard to understand or because you don't live in the town, just let me know. She's always very nice. Always to me. available. Yeah. Always and always available to me. Yeah. I'll you know text her and say, "Jan, can you can you talk to me about something?" <laughs> yeah, and right. she's right there, yeah. always. Would you mind sticking around for another segment? Would you mind sticking around for another segment? No, not right. at all. We'll be right back. You matter. You matter. You matter. And your words matter too. Your words matter. What you say in the hallways at school or in the student section at a game matters. Words can be hurtful. Words can be offensive. Words can leave scars. Words can also inspire support and uplift you and your words are they both important as, as a matter of fact, fact yes hey world i have a quick message it's about safe driving all right let's go anytime you're driving have the seatbelt buckle tight both hands on the wheel and your phone out of sight we're not in your hand trying to text somebody back because if you do your car might get smacked the moral of the story just put your phone down the people on the road will stay safe and sound put your phone down put your phone down people on the road will stay safe and sound yeah <laughs> Welcome back to this week's edition of the Pete Mazzetti Show. I'm Pete Mazzetti sitting here with Fran Rubinowitz, who's the executive director of CAPS. Fran, welcome back. Thank you, Pete. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Well, thanks for sticking around. Thanks for sticking around. So we were talking a little bit about in the first segment before we went into the break exactly what you guys do with CAPS. Maybe we can open up this segment, maybe explaining a little bit more in detail of what the what, posi what positions you guys play as far as in each in each role of yep your I, outreach. I, I can certainly tell you sure. I mean the number one position um, and the number one mission and vision for caps is um, a quality education for every child in Connecticut success for every child doesn't matter if they're in a rural right. urban or suburban district 
that's our main focus and that requires a whole lot oh, because yeah. what you need to do is engage with stakeholders mm -hmm. um, you know engage with families to see what they want and I get that information through all of my meetings with superintendents yeah. and then it's bringing those thoughts to the State Department of Ed to the governor's office to the legislature um, in order to get done what we need to get done, right. you know, um, we have a, a major plan. It's called the the um, Caps Blueprint, okay. which is um, it started out as a funding um, uh, recommendations, and I worked on it with Ted Sergi. Um, Ted sure. used to be commi um, yeah. commissioner. Um, Ted and Kathy Gay, who was an officer of the Office of Policy and Management. OPM, sure. And it grew from um, a funding plan into 30 recommendations for a 15-year plan for education in Connecticut. Um, and I think it's a wonderfully comprehensive plan. I couldn't believe that the governor um, didn't just take it as his blueprint for education or the legislature. Exactly. Um, but it's. It's not cheap, uh, but it talks about all of the things we need. Right. You know, consistent funding, um, preschool, help for EL, help for special ed, that kind of thing. But it also has an accountability piece in there mm -hmm. and says, listen, we'll be held accountable. We'll have um, public uh, meetings absolutely. and tell you what we have done with the dollars. Um, and I think um, it's a great plan, you know, Bit by bit, the legislature has adopted some pieces of it. Mm -hmm. We were hoping they would just take it as a plan and work on it every year. <laughs> right, uh, right. Still have hope. You, 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 think it, you think it could work? I don't know, I mean, we still bring it forward and, you know, CCM. Yeah, um, absolutely. Has the um, ACIR committee of CCM has bought into it and okay. thinks it's a really, you know, logical way to move forward. Okay. So we're garnering support. Yeah. So you work with CCM, so you probably work with Joe DeLong. I have worked with Joe DeLong. Okay, and Joe's, yes. a, Joe's, a, yes. Joe's another regular with me. So. Oh, he is? Oh, yeah. Uh -huh. yeah Joe's, a, Joe's another regular. So let's talk about the present-day conflict and the ability to listen to others' perspectives with the art of compromise. Oof. You know, um, Pete, that, when you say coming out of the pandemic, I just find um, a lot of anger coming out of the pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. And I find a lot of um, people on both ends mm -hmm. not willing to come to the middle. Right. And that is who we are right. in America. Right. I always thought that we could take both ends of the spectrum and move toward the middle. Right. I don't have all the answers. You don't have all right, the answers. Exactly. But together, we can find solutions that will really benefit kids. And I, I found that lacking in, um, in many of the discussions that I've been in, um, in some districts with boards and superintendents, mm -hmm. um, and. You know, you get new officials on the board and they want to go a very different way and um, they're 
they're not willing to listen to what has gone on in the district right. and and vice versa do you know and i just think i would love very much to work on that with people with boards with um superintendents yeah. just to find that art of compromise and i don't mean to say it's just with boards and superintendents right. you and i both know it's everywhere right now right exactly exactly and how's the school year looking so far because of what's going on with the pandemic well i think we've um we're doing really well in terms of coming back into school right not dealing with um the deficiencies okay but more dealing with so what have we learned and certainly we know p that we've got to catch the kids up absolutely uh, especially um as I, i especially worry about the early grades in reading and math mm -hmm. um it was very difficult on them but we are working hard to do that i think that one of the things we're seeing um are definitely increased mental health needs yeah and not enough services to meet those needs and i know the legislature is trying very hard yeah. to get the funding to move things forward it's not just about the funding although that's really important right. it's the people absolutely the people exactly that can um can help us um with um with our kids that you know certainly some have um some serious mental health issues mm -hmm. um some just need a caring adult right. that can talk with them and and try to figure out what's going on for them right now you got now as far as the organization goes how closely do you guys work with the Connecticut state legislature um i work very closely with the um legislature okay. um especially with the education committee yeah with the chairs of the education committee um um senator mccrory and representative sanchez okay. and the ranking member um i work very closely with kathleen um mccarty she's from the shoreline mm -hmm. and um uh wonderful individuals really want what's best for kids and i so i bring testimony forward yep. um on behalf of the superintendents um but i also call them and talk to them meet with them i'm i'm thrilled that um they some of the things that i've held near and dear for a long time like for example model curriculum why is it we all have the same standards that we want our kids to learn right why do we have 169 towns working on a curriculum to um implement those standards right why can't we have a statewide curriculum exactly and, and it's a model right. you don't have to use it but here it is here and it is you in can, case you want to yes it would save incredible amounts of money and i'm really happy i've been trying to do it for many many years um we're at a place now where we're ready and oh. the state is going to be moving forward on that really um yep oh, yeah wow. yes that's a big deal wow. it's a huge deal and there i think they're going to begin with um with mathematics and right. so i mean i i don't mean to get off the subject no, 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 but no, you know the the legislature um and you know we work very very closely with them on a number of things um 
they're also open to us when we disagree. Right. And, you know, we do disagree sometimes. I'll tell you the other piece that's come out of the pandemic that's been wonderful, um, and that is there's much more communication. I've always had communication with Bob Rader and, yeah. you know, and I've always had communication with the State Department of Ed, mm -hmm. but I didn't have quite as much with the teacher unions. Yep. And, um, and I'm having a whole lot of conversations with them now. Really? Yes. Well, that's a good thing. Yes, it is a good thing. and. It's interesting, Pete, how much we agree on um, rather than disagree. Right. You know, <laughs> right. there's so many things that we are, um, that we see eye to eye on, right. which is nice. Absolutely. So we've got a little bit more time left. What else, what else would we like to cover? I, I would like to say um, one of the things that, um, well, first of all, I'm, I'm happy to be on the show, and I'm well, happy that you. you're working with education. Absolutely. Um, I would say to you that one of the things I feel very strongly about, um, can I share that? Sure. Okay, sure. so, um, you know, we talk a lot about equity, and we talk a lot about having um, um, every child, every child, yeah. um, regardless of race, color, creed, whatever it is, um, be successful. And I think one of the primary drivers to equity, believe it or not, is um, early reading success. Absolutely. I think, I think that we need, as a state, to pledge to teach every child to read by the end of first grade. Right. And um, just about every child is capable of it. And we need to really um, double down. We know so much about the science of reading now. Yeah. And I'm really excited because the state is going to do a lot of training mm -hmm. in um, reading. And I do believe that that is putting um, the emphasis in the place that it belongs. Um, early reading success is so important. You know, I taught in Bridgeport. I, um, I had little kids, you know, in third grade, um, boys that could not read. And I know how it opened up their worlds right. when they began to read. Absolutely. And it's possible. Absolutely. Fran Rubin with some caps. Thanks for some time and hopefully we'll see you again soon. Okay. Thank Thanks, you, Fran. Pete. Thanks. Thank you. On behalf of Fran Rubinowitz, I'm Pete Mazzetti. Thanks. Good night. We'll see you next time.